0: Welcome to another exciting episode of the Start Down Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vaccara. Excited to be with you today. Excited to talk to you. And uh, really, I mean, hey, how could it be any better? I got a paisan on today, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, really excited to have him on. And here's an ironic thing for those of you who are listening and not seeing this: he is based in Colorado, and I am based in Florida. And I am wearing a hooded sweatshirt, and he is in a polo. A polo. <laughs> so um, it's just the irony of the whole thing. Uh, but Nick, Nick Scarbosio, how do I do? Um, <laughs> I'm excited to have you on the show. Thank you for taking the time. Like I always say, no one introduces themselves better than you do. So why don't we go ahead and introduce you, and we'll get this thing kicked off.
1: Yeah, Mike, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, well, it's 90 degrees in Colorado today. so I Okay, there you go. Okay. So. <laughs> Everyone believes we're covered in snow all the time. It's actually one of the sunniest states in the country. So uh, yeah, introduce myself. So Nick Scarbosio, co-founder and coach of Culture to Cash. Uh, More importantly, husband of 13 plus years, father of two, uh, have spent the last 18 and a half, almost 19 years in multiple different businesses, spent the majority of my time inside of the real estate and property management field. Owned a couple of different gyms throughout the years. And for the last six to seven years, I've been primarily focused on helping men and business owners through different coaching programs, uh, some large organizations in the country that I work for, but also independent now since 2020. So, you know, just just trying to uh, spread the word, spread, spread the knowledge, and hopefully it clicks with somebody and we get them to the next step.
0: I love that, too. And I love that, you know, we hear culture a lot, right? Like, like, what does that mean? And you say culture to cash. Um, and, and it's like, what comes first, chicken and egg? Is it cash to culture? Is it culture to cash? How would you come up with that with that you know sort of process, if you will?
1: Yeah. So culture to cash. We, we latched on to that for our name because, you know, myself and my two co-founders, we truly believe the people are twofold. One, it's the hardest part of being a business owner. Managing, leading, coaching people, it's not a skill that's taught in school. It's not a skill we naturally have. We have to learn the hard way. So, A, it's frustrating. So we we start this story in our head of people are the problem. Like, man, if I just didn't have employees or if I had better employees, (laughs) like everything would be fine. And it's not true. You can't scale and grow without people. You're only one man or one woman. So what we like to say is people aren't the problem. They are the problem, but they are also the solution. So it's it's this weird dichotomy back and forth that we love them, we hate them, we need them, we don't want them. How do we dive into it? Let's build culture because as the great Peter Drucker said, culture eats strategy for breakfast every day. So yep. got to go all in on your people, build culture in your organization.
0: No, I agree. And I want to ask you that because right because you sometimes hear people say this and, and I think you hear more in corporate America than you do in the entrepreneurial space, but everyone's replaceable, right? Everyone's replaceable, you replace everybody. Um, that's not a good culture thing, I would think though, right? Is everyone replaceable?
1: Yes and no. Uh, I mean there, there's always there's always people coming up and you can always find more employees, but here's what we want to work on. If we build up our people and we lead and we coach, not manage, you manage machines, you lead and coach people. So if we are leading and coaching our individuals, they are going to come up with the organization. Now, will some of them eventually go out on their own or get better jobs? Yes. But instead of taking that as a slight that they did something wrong, you congratulate them. Be proud in yourself that you got them to that position, that you helped them. So, you know, we can replace each other. Sure. But if the culture is building, they're going to stick around. And there's a lot of things we can do inside of doing that, you know most people they look at culture and what do we think of we think of the googles we think of the tech and like hey there's ping a pong ping pong table yeah. and there's a free <laughs> lunch i've had 19 bowls of cereal this week because it's free and the, that's not culture is it awesome yeah uh, you know i'd love to work in a giant building with slides and free cereal and all that fun stuff but that's not culture that's just entertainment yeah culture is Knowing, believing and understanding everyone on the team and they all work towards the same goal as an organization.
0: I love that. I love that. You know, and when you look at culture, too, I mean, so is it based on size? Like what if I'm just like a solopreneur? What if I've only got like you mentioned your partners? Like what if you're starting off small? Um, You know, I don't don't think a lot of people consider culture early. Right. Because especially if you're starting off small and it's like a a one man show or a two man show, um, you're just focused on getting shit done. Right. So like how do you focus on culture then early on?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, most companies don't, you know, we until you get to that point where someone tells you you should hire a business coach or read this book, you don't think about core values, you don't think about purpose, you don't think about culture. And what happens is you're three, four, five years down the line. And unfortunately, maybe you built the culture you didn't want. So we have a lot of bad habits to break. So if we can get in the game early, hey, here's the, here's the simple part. If you're a one man or a two man shop, you are the culture. So how are you holding yourself? What's the character? What's the person you are that you're leading that you're putting out into the world? Because that's the culture you're building. Now, the good news is if it's a good culture, we tend to attract people that fit into it. The bad news is to be successful in business, we can't duplicate ourselves 10, 15 times. We do need some other pieces of the puzzle. Otherwise, we have... Ten nicks and ninety percent of the work doesn't get done because Nick doesn't like doing ninety percent of the work.
0: Right. So. Right. So let me ask you this too, because I think that's a good that's a good point Because I think even a lot of small companies, let's say they do start and it's easy um, to maintain culture, right? When it's you and another guy and there or and then you bring in another person, another person, another person. All of a sudden you got 10 people on your staff, you got to make payroll, the economy crashes and it's like, yeah, culture was great, but like I'm in full panic mode. Like how do you hold on to culture then when like you get the growth that you want, but you hit those panic moments where it's just like, man, I just got to keep this thing alive, right?
1: Yeah. So part of that is just proper business structure, strategy, execution, making sure you're building properly. You know, Most companies die from indigestion, not starvation. (laughs) So we try to grow too fast. We bring on too many people. We don't fulfill well. And our clients get pissed and leave. Not, oh, I don't have leads. I don't have clients. I don't have money. So A, grow properly. But the other piece inside of there is if we are truly building culture and we're going all in on our people, we're building what's referred to as A players our team's not going to be as big because an A player does the job of three to four to five B or C players. Yep. So we're going, Oh, I got to bring on this A player and he's a hundred thousand dollars a year. Or you can bring on four C players at $40,000 a year. I'm not a huge mathematician, but you know, an A player is saving you money and helping the organization grow. So when the times do get tight, you have a team that can actually, you know, buckle down, move through it and, hey, we're going to keep going through economic cycles. It's always amazing when people, you know, oh, I'm shocked we're going into a recession. Really? It's happened every eight years for the last 100
0: years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's not yeah, but you go out and people are still shopping, they're still buying things. So if, yeah. you, got the right, if you got the right approach, I think, I think it's there. I think we're going to call that the agita effect, though, that you talked about, the indigestion. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: So, I mean, Nick, I got to ask that, you know, obviously, um, you know, you've been doing this for a while. You kind of mentioned that early on. I mean, how did all this come together? Give me kind of the origin story of, of where it began and, and how we ended up here today.
1: Yep, came out of college in 2004, was a two-sport athlete in college, volleyball and rugby. I uh, was living in Long Beach, California and was okay. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. So decided to move back home to San Francisco, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, third generation realtor and uh, property manager in San Francisco. So what started off as, hey, go fix a light bulb for me or go post some notices turned into me running the property management business. Oh, wow. Just over 16 years. While I was doing that was getting people, you know, kind of bending my ear, asking me to coach workshops, things in that field. Got bored around 2010, opened up some gyms with a buddy of mine, was coaching and leading inside of there, which then led into more coaching and leading. And it was this natural evolution from coaching inside of one specific domain to realizing like my true purpose, passion and calling was to coach and lead. Owners of businesses and specifically owner-led businesses. Would could we work with giant corporations? Yeah. But what we're trying to do is impact owner-led businesses. I'd mentioned to you before, you know, we want to get owners out of the hustle and grind. There's a time and place for it, but eventually, if you're not reaping the benefits of what your company does, why are we doing it? You could probably live a much happier, safer, calmer life just being on someone's salary. So as this thing grew. I uh, was fortunate enough to not only be exposed to a lot of great mentors and colleagues, uh, but got partnered up with my two partners. And, you know, we have a methodology and culture to cash that we believe wholeheartedly in because we've seen it work for us. We've all built and exited our own businesses. We've helped over 80 plus different companies in the last six years. I mean, it's it's really come together for us. So I think it's just uh, it was dumb luck and fate to get to this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I always say that to be a great entrepreneur, you got to be smart, dumb and lucky. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like all all three of those things need to fall into place, because if, if not, uh, you're not going to be able to grow. You know, I want to talk a little bit about something and because and, I think it's going to say something else. But you mentioned kind of being married for 13 years. You're a father, Um, you know, and, and the hustle and grind culture and, and all that and culture within a business. I mean, how, how did being a dad, though, impact a lot of the decisions you've made to look at this culture to cash situation?
1: Well, I wish I had some like really nice fluffy story that would go on a magazine cover, but I was a victim of the hustle and grind. So during that time from about 2010 to 2017, I was the walking poster child of what not to do as a business owner. Mm. I was severely stressed, overwhelmed, uh, bringing in money. Money was going out faster than I could bring it in. I was 85 pounds overweight, heavy alcoholic, like, Kids are growing up at that time, you know, four, five, six, seven. And it's, you know, one of those things, my argument to my wife was always, oh, I'm here. I'm coaching baseball. I'm doing this. But I was a walking zombie. I wasn't wasn't here. I wasn't connected. So it was the hard lessons I had to learn, you know, kids pissed off at me, almost losing my marriage, all that fun stuff to be like, what the hell am I doing this for? Yeah. Like, who cares if I make another couple hundred grand this year? If I'm divorced, fat, overweight, depressed, like none of it matters. So started to make the shifts inside of myself. And here's the funny thing. Throughout all of that, while I'm this broken man inside, people are still asking me for help. So I'm like, what's going on? So that was when it finally kind of hit me like the brick wall. Like, hey, your purpose and passion is inside of this coaching consulting game. You got to get your shit right first, man. So, you know, made the shift. And that's why I always start when people ask me who I am. And they're like, my business and my accolades are fine. It's my marriage and my kids that are my real legacy. Like those are the vows and the commitments I made. And I will do anything I need to, to live up to them for the rest of my life.
0: I love that. I love that. I could be a magazine cover. I'm not going to lie, but, <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> you know, and you hit on a point there. And I really want to dig into this because you mentioned there's, you were broken. People were still seeking help, right? Um, and, and I I think, I think you still can probably help people even when you're broken There's certain authority there. But that being said, there's a lot of broken people out there who, who, who can't help and are, and are offering it and are trying to do it just to dig themselves out of a hole. But as entrepreneurs, we're like, wait, no, I do need a coach. I do need someone to help me. And it's so hard in today's Canva, Instagram age to determine, well, like who's real and who's full of shit, right? Like who's the real deal and who could actually help me? So how do you as an entrepreneur Look at somebody and say, no, this is someone that's qualified and can help me. Or this is someone who's just really good at, you know, you know, putting uh, icing on shit, as I like to say.
1: (laughs) There's some fantastic marketers out there. That's for sure.
0: So,
1: um, you know, an exercise that I give clients that I also use in my day to day. uh, Happy to share it with you after the call, too. There's a paper. It's an interview with Michael Jensen, who's a thought leader from Harvard. But the whole paper is integrity. Without it, nothing matters. And it's just a series of questions that when you get presented an opportunity or an offer of help or just a conversation, like, can you measure, do I feel that this person's in integrity? Because Mm. if they are, and I feel that they're genuine and they're in integrity, no matter what, I'm going to get some value out of this conversation. Is it the $5 billion they tell me I'm going to make from Instagram ads? Maybe not. Is it? I'm going to learn how to do Instagrams much better, and it will eventually give me benefits. Yes. Okay. Now I can move forward. So you know, I always tell clients whenever they're approached with offers, even with me, you know, two things: Do you feel the person's in integrity? And then talk to other people. Like, does it seem to add up? Does it line up? You know, I don't get every coaching consult that I that I get on an appointment. I probably close about 30% because. A, I'm a little bit rough and tough, so some people don't like me. B, I'm expensive. And C, I tell them, go talk to other people. You may not yep. like me as much. Yep. So we have to have a trust and an integrity for it to work together. That's every That's every relationship we hold, whether it's business, personal, spiritual. It's just got to be an integrity.
0: I love that. You know, I, and I want to talk about it a little bit because I want I want to go back to something you mentioned. You know, owning gyms and being overweight, and and you had to get your your life in order. And and I think it's a struggle for a lot of parents. You know, it's something I struggle with. Um, I always say sometimes my podcast is like a is like a free coaching call. Um, <laughs> but. How do you balance though, like, right? Cause like, like being physically fit, I mean, it's hard. And the older you get, I know we're kind of in the same age range. I'm 43, you know, um, it's hard for men and I think women nowadays as they get older and, and with time and, and being pulled and want to do stuff for the kids to so like be physically fit. How important though is being in shape? Um, and also being Italian, how important is being in shape to being successful in your business and life? Or is it well, a necessity? I guess is more my question.
1: I, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a necessity for life. Take business out of it. If we're not doing something that takes care of us physically, you are you are making a statement to yourself in the world that you don't give a shit how long you're on the planet. Mm. Like, I want to help people. And I want to help people for as long as I can. Like this thought of retirement. Will there be a point where I cut my client load? Sure. Will I ever stop working? No. I'd go crazy. Yeah. But, like, say it's 65, I expect to live another 30-plus years. Yeah. If I'm not taking care of myself, I'm cutting that in half and saying 60 to 70 is all I got on this planet. That's, you know, so it's, I don't even care about the business. I don't care about the money-making when it comes to your health. Like, how long do you want to be here? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then with the how do you do it, I, I've broken it down very simply. Whatever you like to do. Like I like to golf and do jujitsu. So I'll get out there and do that a couple times a week. And yeah, I still like to lift weights here and there, but five days a week in the gym, two hours a day, like, yeah, I got other stuff I can do. But I go hit some golf balls, I, I go roll on the mats, I feel good, helps me stay healthy, you know, unless I hurt myself doing jujitsu, but other than that, you know, just do what you like to do. You like pickleball, go play pickleball. You like to hike, go hike. I don't care. Just do something.
0: Do something. Do something. I love that. Get moving, right? Just get yeah. moving. Just get moving. You know, the other thing I want to ask about, too, and because and, uh, I think you've, you've been on so many great points and, and circling back to culture is I think a lot of people too look at their work family, right? Like they look at it, as, you know. We hear work husband and work wife, but really, like I think a lot of good company cultures is it? Do you have to treat it like a family though? Is that is that really something that that's important, or is culture more than just treating it like family?
1: You have to care. I don't know that you have to. Care. You have to say it's family because I've also seen. People go way too far down that rabbit hole and it's hard to get their people to do what they need to do because they don't want to offend. They, You know, it is still a job. There's still requirements. Yep. Um, but the key to leadership is just that your people actually know you give a shit. Mm. That's it. Like, even if you don't know what you're doing, your people can know you don't know what you're doing. But if they know you care about them and the business, they'll give you everything that got. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that in the current shift in the marketplace with, you know, everyone called it quiet quitting and everything that's going on. I think those are just symptoms of a generation that's realizing, hey, work is not the be all end all. We're not in the 60s, 70s and 80s anymore, where it's just manufacturing, show up, do your job, go home, get your gold watch at 60 and call it a day. No, work is a part of my life. It is not my life. So I want to be somewhere that I know cares about me, that gives a shit about me. Now, if I have to make 10% less this year, I'm okay with that. I'm not going to go to the organization that'll pay me 15% more, but treat me like a piece of a machinery.
0: Right, right. You know, and I want to go back then with that, that being said to your kids, right? Um, You and I growing up in the 80s and 90s, I mean, that was the path, right? It was like, hey, man, and, and I always say like, I wish I would have knew what an entrepreneur was when I was in high school, because I really learned about it so much later in life. I, you know, you're heard business owner, but you never heard the word entrepreneur. You never knew that there was like a Plan C, if you will, right? Plan C yeah. was always like, like you're a, you're a fucking loser. Like you're working at a restaurant or you're doing something else. And I and I was one of those kids that didn't do well in school. I watched my friends go away to college. I stayed back at community college and got a job and you know sold cell phones at Circuit City when they were a penny and waited tables at night and tried to pay for college. Like I I really did grind it out before I knew what I was doing. Um, but as a father, it's funny, I went to my son's open house at his school and he's in like all AP classes. I came back and I was like, I was like, Michael, I'm overwhelmed. I don't how yeah. <laughs> you're not. And I'm like, and they kept saying, well, this is good. They're going to get college credit. You know, they're college ready. And I'm like, and I was talking last night. I'm like, well, what do you want to do? You know, like, you, you know, cause there were some things and I'm like, well, if you want to go to college, not go to college. I said, you know, he goes, no, I think I want to go. But how are you raising your kids though, with that idea of getting more of a cultured career than just a, a really great job, right? Like, like how did you manage that? How are you manage that as a parent with them?
1: Yeah, I mean, much to my wife's dismay as I try to take a step <laughs> back, I mean, I've told my kids multiple times, like, hey, if you don't want to go to college, don't go to college. Yeah. Like, if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or an astrophysicist, yes, you will probably have to go to college. I don't think uh, you can get an online degree for those things, but – if you don't know what you want to do, take a year, go, you know, go try a trade. Hey, I tried plumbing. I absolutely hated it. All right. Next thing. Yeah. So It's more following purpose and passion. And that's why I do now what I am doing is it is to not only help owner led businesses, but it is me pursuing my purpose and passion to create for them to do the same. Like, my daughter switches back and forth. It depends on the day or the week you ask her. Air Force pilot one day, vet the other day. And I'm like, yeah, awesome. both of them sound great. I don't know if you can do both at the same time. So to this down. so it's uh, we're going to see a massive shift in the next five to six years. I, I truly believe, you know, the college curriculum approach as whole is going to get overhauled. But, you know, just... Pour into them same the way same way you would with your employees. Just show them that you care, give them opportunities to grow and learn, and watch how it benefits you.
0: Love that. Love that. That is a great. That is a that is a great piece of advice there. I think from parenting and business, right? And I think um so many of us try to do the opposite, right? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we try to we, we try to prevent them from from failing in, instead of giving them the opportunity to just take the path. You know,
1: yeah. and, I mean. Like you're probably a lot like me every time someone told you you have to do it this way, only this way, do it like this, you probably threw two middle fingers up and did everything in yeah. your power to go the other way. yeah kids and employees are the same,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I, I always say we, we don't we don't grow up, we grow out. You know, like we just grow out of whatever whatever we're in, but we're still we're still big kids. You know, we're yeah, still living the dream. You know, like I I sit around sometimes and I'm like, am I really an adult? Like, is this really happening? Like, I look in my office. I got video games and different things in here, and I'm like, am I really like a, a real grown up? And yeah. I, but I got four kids. I got a mortgage. I got everything, but. I think the key is the key is having fun. And I know you mentioned culture is more than just fun, though. Uh, but how do you have, you know, bring fun into the culture of your business and do it in a balanced way beyond the ping pong table?
1: Yeah, I mean, so it depends on your organization. You know, whether you're remote, you're hybrid, you're in person, you know, who are your people, understanding them. You know, one of the things we help our clients with is every hire that comes in or every current team member, we do profile and personality index assessing. Mm. We have a report, we get out. So. I know when I talk to Mike, he's this type of personality. I know how to connect. I don't just go give Mike a hug when he might not be into that kind of thing. So (laughs) one, understand your people. And then two, again, it shows that you care. A great example, a client of ours, uh, industrial steel manufacturer out of Arizona. It's been averaging about 118 degrees this summer. 80% of their jobs are outdoors. They had an ice cream truck show up. Did does it was it a big ticket item? No, it probably cost them like five hundred bucks for their entire team. But it's just that thought of like I'm out in hundred and eighteen degree weather, my owner not only sees that I'm there, but he's going, Hey, what can I do to make it a little more comfortable today?
0: I love that. You
1: know, so it's there are the fun times, the ping pong tables, the cereal, but it's then gotta be back ended with do you know your people and do you have systems in place to help them level up?
0: I love that. I love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Nick, this has been an absolute blast. I do have a lot of questions uh, that I probably still ask you. Like I said, something I just become the coaching center. I feel like you're a wealth of knowledge. I love that you and I are in similar spaces as well. Um, so I definitely want to have you on the show again because I feel like we could go a whole nother, you know, hour if we really wanted to. But I do have some questions to ask everybody at the end of every show, so I hope that's okay. There's no wrong answer. They're kind of rapid fire, um, and, and uh, we'll go from there. Is that all right with you?
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: All right. iPhone or Android? iPhone. All right. Mac or PC? Mac. My guy. Um, all right. Google Drive or Dropbox? Google Drive. Google Drive. Okay. Okay. And then a book recommendation for the audience. I see a bunch back there. So I'd, lo- I'd love to hear your book recommendation. Ooh. Um,
1: well, we're talking culture. So it's, a, it's not that old, but it's an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, if you're a business owner or on a leadership team and you have not read Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni, it is not only a well-written book that's easy to read. It's foundational to having actual conflict resolution and getting results.
0: Nice. Nice. I love that. And a podcast recommendation.
1: Uh, uh, I mean, I'm geeking out like most of the world right now on Alex Mamozi. I mean, yeah. it just puts out so much quality content for free. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. All right. And if people want to geek out on you and find out more about you and, and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yep. Culture2Cash.com. That's all spelled out. No numbers inside of there. And then all the social media platforms. uh, Just my last name, Scarabosio, will pop it up. There's not many of us running around on this world. Uh, (laughs) so you, You will find it, but we're on all the major social platforms.
0: I love it. I love it. All right. Well, I appreciate you being on, Nick. Thank you so much, guys. The best way to show thanks to Nick for being on the show is going out there and following him uh, and connecting with him and dropping him a line and letting him know you saw him on the show. Uh, and I thank all of you for listening. So for more great episodes like this, to start for more about me, Mike Garrett.com, And I will see you on the
1: next episode.